<laughs> I don't even know what the libertarian political philosophy is, honestly. I, I know what I believe. I believe in five principles. And every time I turn around, it, it, it depends on whether you're a, how you define yourself, anarcho-capitalist, minarchist, uh, I don't know, constitutionalist. I think all of that kind of falls under the same banner. I think what we, I think we really, where we really have a problem is in, is fighting with each other. Uh-huh. I think if we do a little less of that and a little more, uh, a little more working together and recognizing we all kind of want to go in the same direction, we get a lot more accomplished. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, the beautiful Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hello. Hi, Johnny. How you doing? So good. How are you doing? Good. We just got done with Christmas, and now we go right back into it again for the New Year's show, which is this show. A new year with a new beginning. This guest is perfect. Yeah, new beginning, new new year, the whole nine. And uh, Raylene, so you did you have a good Christmas? I always have a good Christmas. You always have a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong. It's Christmas. It's it's uh, the birth of my Savior, but also Santa, stockings, candy canes, fudge, nuts. It's the best thing. It almost sounded dirty, Raylene. Fudge and nuts. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of dirty, Johnny. That's the wrong kind of dirty. You know, it's funny, though. You know you're getting old when you get excited about getting clothes. Like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, they're like, oh, I got you some jeans. You're like, ah, oh, that. Yeah. I don't want jeans. Nobody wants jeans for Christmas. You know, but now it's like you're getting older, like, 505, Levi's? Yeah, you get excited about <laughs> stupid that you never got excited about before. Socks and underwear. Yeah, socks, too. It's just like... Really? I got socks? Well, actually, I, I stole <laughs> socks, but from Kim. But I did get new socks, and they were like the luxury socks. You know what I mean? With the padded bottoms. Ooh. And they're like two different colors. I don't know. I'm getting old now. So before it was used to be like, I, I want the CD or video game or something cool like that, but not anymore. I'm getting old. So anyways, so we have a really, really cool guest. I'm excited, and a good a longtime friend of mine, I've known this individual for about four or five years now, and uh, since the beginning, since him and I both started our podcast around the same time, uh, Jason Stapleton is an American podcaster, political and economic commentator, trading educator, former Marine and entrepreneur. He is the host of the popular Jason Stapleton program. He is also the co-founder of Trade Empowered. Okay, so Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Jason Stapleton! Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. <laughs> That's an incredible intro. It really is. Thank you. <laughs> Better than I deserve. We are in space now, man. We we have taken off, and now we are about we're on the Liberty train to the stratosphere. So, uh, Jason, thanks a lot for coming out here on the show. And so, one thing I really want to talk about because you have just recently joined the Libertarian Party. Yeah, yeah, not long ago. So now, by doing that, why did you do it? Because everyone has their different reasons for doing it. Before you kind of very much vocally opposed to doing it and now you're like you know what screw it i'm gonna join it what is your goal by doing that and uh, what do you hope to accomplish well i I don't everybody else was doing it 
So, <laughs> come on now. You seem like, you know, come on, man. Be honest. You, you don't seem like a follower. It really was. I, I, what, what I saw in the Libertarian Party for a long time was uh, a group of people that I, I knew I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything with it. I knew me being involved with it wouldn't, wouldn't actually amount to much because there, there weren't enough people who thought and acted like I did who I think wanted the same things that I did in, in terms of a political movement. And so I had just stayed on the sidelines. I said, well, I'm going to I'm going to have the greatest impact that I think I can have, which is with my show. And then when when the dominoes started to fall and you saw Tom Woods join and you saw uh, you saw um, Mark Claire and you saw Dave Smith and all these guys join the party. I got to, I looked at it and I said, well, wait a minute. Well, now I think we might have, we might have a chance if these guys are really going to, they're going to join and they're going to put their face and they're, they're going to, they're going to go to work trying to make some effective change in the party, then I certainly want I don't want to be on the outside leaving them hanging. I want to be able to throw my support behind it. And so I just said, look, I, I, if these guys are going to do it and they're going to commit to, to doing it, because we, then I'm going, to, I'm going to go with them. So it, it was, in a sense, the fact that other people were getting involved. But I saw an opportunity now to actually affect the kind of change that I was hoping for. And, and I hope that these guys will follow through when, it, when 2020 rolls around and it's time to actually get their audience uh, you know, to the convention so that yes. they can vote on some of this stuff. Because that's what's going to make the difference. You got to have enough voters. Yeah. Well, we've talked about libertarians having a branding problem before. Can you name a few libertarians who are creating positive influence, changing culture in a way you believe that will make libertarianism widely accepted in the future? Well, I, I think that they're they're the same they're the same guys that you hear the names you hear all the time. They're the guys on the outside who are actually building the audiences uh, mm-hmm. and and who are creating a, a message that that really resonates with people. And so you do have guys like Dave Smith over at part of the problem. And you've got guys like Tom who are, who up until now have been outside the party. I mean, you guys, what you guys are doing is, is having an effect, a positive effect on changing people's ideas about what libertarianism is and what we need to, to move forward. I, I think at the end of the day, inside of, the, there's a difference between those of us who believe in the principles and the ideas and those of us engaged in the political movement. And what I've mm-hmm. found as I've done this show for four, four years now, a little more than four years, is that the way we've been addressing it, at least on my show, is, is incorrect. And we're not having the effect that I envisioned having when we first started. And if we're going to have I think if we're going to have a positive effect moving forward, I want to change some of the things that we're doing to try and be more effective at that. And and that's why we've made so many changes in our show throughout the back half of 2018 and now into 2019. Well, yeah. And like so far now, you've been in the party now for about three, four months, I believe. Yeah. How do you like being in the libertarian? That's the thing is that I'm really not. So I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm now a, a libertarian party member and in 2020 I'll, I'll become a delegate so that I can go and, and have voting rights and be able to be a part of it. But right now, I mean, what, what is there to do? Sit around and complain and whine and, and go over, uh, I don't know, go changes to the, to, to whatever the format of the platform is. I'm not interested in, in engaging in any of that. Uh, I'm too busy trying to find people who are predisposed to the message mm-hmm. and trying to show them why they ought to, why they ought to listen and why they ought to show up in 2020. So right. for me, I, I'm not, I'm not engaged at that level and I never want to be. I, I really just want to be able to show up with an army of people who are like-minded and uh, and resolute in their determination to actually make 
these ideas uh, come to life and, and see them impact people's lives. Well, you've been making changes, like you were saying, to your show, which I think is really great for the New Year's show here. Explain the focus shift for our listeners and what are the growing pains that you've had already? Uh, yeah, so one of the things that I was looking at over the last four years, and I talked about this on my show several weeks ago mm-hmm. with Matt, and we, we were talking about why we were modifying because what we, we did several things. Number one is that I said, I'm going to move away from the constant discussion of politics as it relates in current events, as it relates to libertarianism, because I find there's so much negativity there. And that was a a decision that was based on some of the feedback we were getting on the show. So I've been doing the show for four years. And in that four-year piece of time, I have yet to receive a single email, a single phone call, a text message, a tweet, anything from anybody saying, oh, Jason, because of your show, I ran for political office and now I've cut spending by 15% or we've (laughs) We've rallied together and we built a coalition of libertarians, and and we're now we, we've now been able to affect government in this way. I, I don't I don't get any of that. What I get is a lot of people sending me notes saying, "Jason, you've inspired me to really take charge of my own life, to really live out the values that we talk about. You've inspired me to start to get a promotion or to 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 start that small business that I've always wanted to start because I, I recognize now." that the principles that you talk about on the show are life principles. I try and talk about them in terms of them being life principles. They're saying things like, I'm starting to live the values that I claim to have. Mm-hmm. And I started to recognize, well, you know, politics is really downstream of culture, that we we have to change the culture and make and make what we do in our ideas more palatable by showing people in our own lives how we're living. Right. And it's not unlike, I grew up in the church, it's not unlike the way the church does things. So the, mm-hmm. a, a good church, a good pastor, a good congregation will show people God's love through the way they live. So they do it by showing up and, and doing the work and witness projects. They do it by opening up the shelter in the wintertime and feeding the homeless. And they do it by getting out and showing and living the life. Like there's nothing, you, you know really good Christian people when you meet them because they're kind and loving and compassionate. And I'm not talking about a lot of these people who claim to be Christians, but right, then are really right. terrible people on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the ones who really live their faith. The voluntarism, right? That, that's right. And so those are the types of people that, I, that you look at in, in that sphere who are really living out their values and they're the ones who have the most effect. They're the ones who bring people into the fold. And so I look at the way we live our lives and we're saying, hey, limited government, individualism, peace, tolerance, free markets, what, how are you living your life that way? And how are you showing that you're living the values that you believe in? And so if we live those values and we do a better job of showing people how they can live those values, then what we'll do is change the culture. And once we change the culture, we can change, we can change Washington. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm with you on this. I think that's a very important thing. I mean, there's a lot of people who give lip service. You know what I mean? Like they'll sit there and talk about non-aggression principle and how welfare sucks and, and this and that. But then they turn around and they get their food stamps and they collect money from the state and they do everything that's the antithesis to libertarianism. And by living the life of liberty and actually doing what they practice, what they preach, I think is a very strong and compelling case. And it also sets the example. And you're looking at it more from not a political sense, you've kind of shifted from a political outlook to more of a personal thing. How can you improve yourself? 
how can you make yourself a better person by relating to these your your five principles? Well, yeah, I'm just tired of waking up every day and reading through a, a, a string of terrible news and then going in and talking about how bad government is and how it would be so much better if the government wasn't in charge of this stuff. You can only preach that message for so long before people just get, very, they're tired of feeling bad all the time. And I was tired of feeling bad every time I came in to do the show. It was fun for a while, for a couple of years, when we were hitting on all these topics and it was election season and we could make fun of Hillary and we could make fun of Donald Trump. But after that, it really became somewhat of a grind to come in and and try and showcase how terrible government is all the time. And I'm just, I want to be positive. I want people to walk away from my show feeling excited and motivated about the potential for their life and the potential for their future and their kids' future. And I think it goes deeper than what you talked about, Johnny, because you were saying that people talk about free markets and then they're on food stamps. You know, for me, one of the things we noticed was if we were going to be making this change, as we started to make the shift, we had a large section of our audience that really was not on board with it at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were in our private Facebook group. We had a very large political group of about 9,000 followers in this private group that talked about politics and economics. And it was a great group, a really great group. But as we started to make the shift, a lot of those people were not on board and they were voicing their distaste and talking about how they hadn't listened to the show and how the private Facebook group was really the only good part. And I mean, to each their own, not everybody's going to like the change, but I knew that those people were not, were going to, they were going to soil what we were trying to do and the change we were trying to make. And so after a lot of debate, we decided we were going to close that group down. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I did, I saw that. I, well, here's the thing, and I didn't know whether or not that would be a good idea. I, at the, even at the very end, I was, he, I was hesitant to do it because I thought this really is a good group for what it is, which is discussing politics and economics. But then the what happened made me so convinced that I had done the right thing that I, I, I never looked back, and I'm more confident now we made the right decision than ever, is that we had this outpouring of really vitriolic hatred as though there was a sense, this, this overwhelming sense of entitlement that, I mean, I had people saying, oh, I can't believe you're doing this. How dare you? This isn't your group. This is our group. It's, right. it's this, yeah. this, this, this sense of I'm entitled to what you've created. I'm entitled. If you're, don't shut it down, just give it to me so that I can run it. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I, I, it just boggles my mind. It's like, these people are not, these people aren't, they're, they're no different than anybody else. And they're, wonder, they're absolutely the type of people I need to get rid of. I wonder if they feel it betrayed like abandoned by you on some level. There might be a little bit of a hero worship there and feeling abandoned by you. Do you think? There could be, except we've done, I've done everything I can to try and explain that what we're doing is I'm, I'm trying to find the most effective way to, to bring people in. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to sit around, I think the problem is we have a lot of people inside the liberty movement who are completely content to be a victim who are completely content to talk about how terrible government is and about how the reason they don't have what they want in their life is because they can't get ahead because of government. Yeah. It's the same way that the government complains about the black, the, the black community talks about how they can't get ahead because of, uh, because oh, the, the man is man. stepping on their, th- yeah. Right? And, and government, yeah. And government feeds that, right? They feed that is the reason you can't get ahead. You don't have a chance because the deck's stacked against you. And so what you need is government to help mm-hmm. solve the problem. We got a lot of libertarians who claim, who sit on their hands and claim that they can't get what they want out of life because of government. And I think that we got a lot of people who really just want to sit around and complain all day. And I don't want those people in my life. I want people who are motivated, who see their own potential, who respect themselves enough to say, 
I'm going to win no matter what. And I don't care if I have a hundred people, we've got a lot more than a hundred people now in our, in our new private group. But if all I had was a hundred people like that, I can do more with that hundred people than I can with 10,000 of what I had. Well, here's the thing, Jason, I was going to bring this up actually, because now that you kind of hit the nail on the head here, you know, Raylene and I, a couple episodes ago, we hosted the, one of the very first of libertarian debates on this show. Actually, it was episode 25. This is episode 27. So just two episodes ago. And we had attempted to do it on Facebook Live. So I had upped my internet and had to pay Chris Spangle a couple extra bucks so I can upgrade the Zoom account to get it on Facebook. And for some reason, the Zoom server went down, so we couldn't get on the air. We couldn't get it working right. And it was a mess. It was a mess. And then we had one guy with a hot mic, and he didn't have earphones on, or and his mic, he didn't have. He was using his computer mic, so we were getting a lot of feedback loops going on. So we had a lot of technical difficulties, and people were watching it. One guy had had it recorded, and it was being streamed live. And you had a bunch of people going out there, and they were saying stuff like, "Oh, the libertarians, this is why we can't win because they can't even do a show on Facebook." And all these comments, and, and it didn't really bother me because I'm like, "You, I really don't give." This is a goddamn free show, right? Like, I could see if it was being paid for, and I offered a service. You pay like 10 bucks now, and, you know, I understand. I am so sorry. I'll reimburse your money, but this is free. This is what bothers me is people complain about something. They feel entitled to something that they don't own, and they have not contributed a dime to it. And so, like, this is what pisses me off. It's like, we're doing this for free. We're, we're doing it because we love doing it. And yet, you guys still find a reason to complain about it. No, I, I, I agree completely. And, and I, I, I will say this, is that what you were doing was not for people outside of the party. What you were doing was for, mm-hmm. for people inside the party. And so, I do think there is something to showcasing that your legitimacy by having a, 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 a first-class production if you're, for example, going to hold a debate for the Libertarian Party. So, see, I think that it's important that the party be portrayed in in, a, in that type of life. Sure. But what you guys are doing is you're really just talking to other libertarians and letting them see. And it does showcase the amount of people. Like there's so many, the bulk of society, the bulk of mankind sit on the sidelines and complain about what other people do. They're armchair quarterbacks. They're, sure. they're not out there doing anything with their own likes. And I don't mean to be really cruel, but I'm just being honest. Is that most people live a life of mediocrity. They, they just do. And if you're going to try and be exceptional, and I think we've had this conversation before you and I off the air, Johnny, sure. is that, look, the more successful you get, the more people are going to hate on you. The more people are going to tell you that you're doing it wrong and complain about everything that you do. And those people are losers. They're not even worth talking to or dealing you're with. You're right. Yeah. Embrace them. Know that feed off of it. Love mm-hmm. the fact that they're there because they prove that you're doing something right. Exactly. The more hate mail you get, man, the more the bigger you are. And, and I get no. it. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm not, you know, again, you're right in the sense that, you know, we did a test run. It was, We found out it wasn't our fault. It was actually the server was down. Right. So it had nothing to do with us. But at the same time, again, it's a... Yes, you're right. There is a sense of professionalism, but at the same time, it's like you're not paying for it. And and so like I could see like I can get behind it if somebody is actually paying for a service, but if something's offered for free. Well, but here's the, here's the thing. If you had put that debate together and you had said, hey, it's 10 bucks to watch the debate, sure. nobody would have paid for it. Yeah, because no, they're we'll all a bunch it. of cheap. There is there a bunch of cheap assets. <laughs> we know that, right? So you're like, hey, here's what it's going to take to do a production the right way. And I got to tell you, I know because I built an entire studio. We're looking at building another one. It's right. 
fifty, sixty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars to build it out with multiple cameras and, and a set design and everything that you're going to do. Yep. It's ridiculously expensive. And if you had gone out and said, "Okay, I know you all guys want a professional production, so here's what it's going to take. We're going to open up the GoFundMe, and it's twenty five bucks from each of you, and I need a thousand of you to give twenty five bucks, and then we're going to have a professional studio and debate stage and everything. We're going to do. We're going to do it upright. We're going to buy airtime so we can stream it live. People would be like, "Ah, eh, you wouldn't get." 200 people to give you 25 bucks. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Is like, it's, it's so difficult to do what it is you're trying to do. And people, there will be no shortage of people complaining about the way that you do it. And you just got to say, he's got to let that go. I, I, I'm with you. No, I, I, I have. I've, I've dealt with it and it's fine. And it, it is what it is. It's a learning experience, but whatever. At the same time, again, why are libertarians cheap? Come on, Jason. What the hell? Since you're talking here's about thing, this, I, here's, the thing, I don't, I don't, here's the thing. I, I, I have noticed, and this is just my, my. Um, I, I, I've noticed that there are a. Well, and this is this may be this may be wrong. I, I work. I've worked online and in the online space for years and years and years, and I, I know. I, I look at value proposition all the time, and so I. I tend to know who's on my list and and what I can charge for things. In the in the trading niche, for example, the bulk of my followers were forty five to sixty five, okay, and they were all high net worth people, and because you had to be to afford what it was I was offering, and so they were they were savvy. They were they were savvy about the markets. They were savvy about what they were buying because I didn't sell cheap stuff to people. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when I started putting out my train some training courses for people because we were talking about entrepreneurship, about trading, about investing, and I started putting these things together. And I put together a course that, I mean, I could have easily sold to my trading audience for a few thousand dollars. And I put it out for 97 bucks. And I said, I'm going to teach for a week. Mm -hmm. And this normally I would never even do this, but I just wanted to help my audience out. And it started, we got a ton of people who came in. I ended up raising the price to $197 because I just had so many people. And I said, well, okay, I'm, I, I got to cut this down a little bit because I've, I've agreed to do live sessions and answer questions. And if I do this with this many people, I'll, it'll take me all day just to answer questions. I can't do this. So right. I raised the price to try and create a little bit of a barrier to entry. Oh, and you should have heard the uproar from people having to pay 200 bucks for a week's worth of training. Wow. I look at that and I say, I, I say, well, okay, number one, you, you're just thinking about this all wrong. But I think that our libertarian audience, most of the people I have problems with are younger people. Mm-hmm. They tend to be college age or just out of college. And they they tend to be, I don't know, they, they tend to be the big, the loudest voices and complainers out there. And I, I don't know why that is, but if I'm just being, if we're venting here, that's, Go ahead, that's, vent, that's vent the away, man. that causes the yeah, I was get, problem. I was getting all riled up earlier, so I figured what the <laughs> Go for it. Funny too, because I get these people who's like, oh, I've been listening to your show for years and and, and I just, uh, I don't even listen anymore. I haven't listened for months and, and I just come in here and I want to type back, Really? Because I, I don't think about you at all, like ever. <laughs> oh my god! And so I don't know. I, I I don't know what this fascination is. But hey, look, you can sit around worried about me and the changes I'm making all you want to. Just know I don't ever think about you. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? This is just you creating your own value, though. I mean, you're very good at branding and marketing, as we've talked about. So this is just you embracing and leaning into it. And I see what you're doing, and I really appreciate it. I have a question for you, and I think you almost answered it, but since I already, I don't want to ask it later since this is relevant. Baby boomers or the youth, which is harder to reach and should we target one group over the other? Uh, well, baby, uh, the, 
the youth are like the people who are coming. Here's here's just a statistic that doesn't that holds true every election is that young people don't vote. Okay. Young people mm-hmm. are get, young people stand out in line and and they're they they hold protests and they complain and they but they don't vote. That when it comes time to actually go to the polling booth, they don't vote because they don't have anything at stake. They all they have is a mountain of debt. They have a, a mediocre entry level job if they have that, and they haven't amassed any wealth yet. The older someone gets, the more money they start earning, the more the government starts taking from them, and the more they start to realize the negative impact that all of this regulation and taxation has on you. I mean, I'm sitting around here in California having dinner with people who are very uh, socially liberal. So you're in the heart of the enemy right now. Oh, I'm, 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 in the, I'm in the lion's den. Yeah, there you but go. I can tell you, I'm sitting with people who have money, and every one of them complains about taxation and regulation. We had a, a conversation the other night at dinner with a bunch of people uh, about uh, free college and just how crazy that notion is because you just you can't possibly provide free college. That that taxation in California is just it's it's one more tax on top of all the other taxes. Okay. People are starting to recognize even out here in this world that hey. If you make money, you don't want the government coming in and fleecing you because every time you turn around, there's a new tax. And at some point, you throw your hands up and say no. So when I'm talking to people, what my message really is not going to resonate to somebody who doesn't have anything at stake. Mm-hmm. But once you start having something at stake, once you put a little bit into the pie, you start to become very frustrated with what you're getting for your money. And that that's when you start to say, well, hey, you know, there are some other ways we could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not the saying we have to do it this way. That that has a, a, an overwhelming impact on people's lives. So I, I tend to focus on uh, on people who have something at risk. Because people who don't typically are the hardest to reach. Wow, that's really interesting. Really quick, I, before we wrap up this segment, I know that you were working. Last time I think we actually talked, we were talking, you were doing the Tesla files. And that was on about a year ago or so. How did that turn out? Because I, I didn't see it, but I saw the commercial, the preview for it. How'd that, how'd that turn out? Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you not watching the show. So no, no, I'm sorry, dude. I, you know, I, I don't actually. I don't own. Uh, I don't really have a TV. I have a TV for like Blu-ray movies, but that's it. I don't watch TV. You're smart, man. That's that's the way to do it. Uh, the the show went really well. The ratings were really good. Uh, I was I was I don't know. I'm a sucker for for numbers. I I live and die by statistics. And so I was watching all the numbers as they came in from the rating agency. And we were always doing really well in the ratings. The problem was our demographic was too old. That's what that's what History Channel said. They said, ah, you know, you just you, you got too many of those 45 to 65 year olds, and we all want those sub 20 year olds. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand why that is <laughs> because it's a it's it's a stupid idea. I, I mean, here's the thing: the more the the older you get, I don't know, and the more you get into business, the more you realize just because they're a big company doesn't mean they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And what's always bothered me about the ratings and what people are looking for is that they're always looking for this younger demo. And I'm like, why? They don't have any money. You're running advertising and you want people to buy your ads. And the ad agencies and the networks all want people younger demographic. I think because they think that that means that that audience is going to grow up with them. But that's stupid. It's like Facebook. Oh, Facebook's dying because young people aren't on Facebook anymore. Well, no, you know who is? Everybody who has money is on Facebook. That's true. So if you're going to advertise, number one place to advertise right now in the world is Facebook. Yeah. Number one place to advertise. Unless you're, not getting, unless you're not getting banned by them, yeah, but sure. Well, that, yeah, like if you're getting banned, then you're screwed. But yeah, I'm yeah. saying if you're if you're doing if you want to market to somebody online right now, the very best place you can do it is Facebook. Yeah. And so 
the 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 notion that that somehow Facebook's hurting because their demo is older is stupid. Nobody understands how they make money, and so I don't understand why the networks are so hell bent on getting this younger demo when they should be focusing on getting the people who have the money. But that's, that's right. I mean that's, that's a negative. So anyway, so the show got really good ratings, but the demo was too old, and so they decided they didn't want to do any more episodes of it, which is fine. It was a it was a really cool experience. I got to travel all over the world, Serbia, uh, all over the United States. And uh, and had a really good time, and I met a lot of good people. And uh, I would not have I, I would I would not have given up the experience for the world. It really was a great experience. That is awesome. Anyways, those Journey Rocket here at Blast Off, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Thank you. And we're talking to the one and only Mr. Jason Stapleton, and we got Rocket Fire coming up. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Rock and roll. <laughs> this is great. Hey, Rayleigh, I'm gonna head out and get some beer. Hey, what are oh, you guys like doing in here? Alone. Oh, cute. What's, what's going on? What are you guys hiding? Come on, fess up. Well, we're just looking at my new calendar. It's a libertarian dad bods calendar. It is enlightening. Wait a minute. Did you just say a libertarian dad bods calendar? Really? I've actually never been so excited for July in my life. <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, come on. Natural rights, natural bodies, and all this liberty. Everyone should be excited about this calendar. Wait a minute. Why am I not in this thing? Don't be jealous, Johnny. Besides, you're a shoe-in for next year. Yeah, hashtag Johnny Rocket Dad Bod 2020. Okay, girls, well, I better keep training. I might need some inspiration. Got you covered, Johnny. Don't worry. You can get your own at sclp.org forward slash store. That's sclp.org forward slash store to get your very own Libertarian Dad Bods calendar for 2019. Blast off a Johnny Rocket. I'm here with my Ray Truth, the beautiful Miss Rayleigh Lightheart. Thank you. Hey, Johnny. How you doing? Anyways, uh, we're here at Blast Off, and you're at Base One, and I'm here at the Escape Pod. And uh, this is our New Year's show, and we're here with none other than Jason Stapleton. And uh, Happy New Year, guys. Hey, hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, well, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. I'm pretty excited about it. I got a new J-O-B, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. I'm in, actually doing audio-video work. And you've got an entire network now, an uh, no, entire Liberty network now. You got a bunch of shows and everything, and yeah. you got you got a lot going on. Yeah, we have uh, six shows right now, and uh, after this, actually this year, we're gonna have seven. So nice. we'll have seven podcasts, and we have a bunch of writers now who are writing for us at the launchpadmedia.com. And it's great. I, I really enjoy doing it, and it's fun watching it grow. We got some people doing videos now. J- Jeremiah Bell, is that right, Raylene? Yeah, that's right. And we also have the the law, which is taking off for, with DK yeah. Williams. Yeah, Amazing. really good show. Really good show. Nice, nice. Yeah. So yeah, we got some great content, and it's some of it's serious, some of it's funny, some of it's, but it's all liberty, you know. And then yeah, we don't want to. Again, like I guess what we were trying to do is not to use the word libertarian mm-hmm. in it because for some reason it just seems like it scares people. So we wanted to kind of use, you know, more subtlety in selling the brand of the Launchpad Media because we're launching ideas in your direction. So. Yeah, it's really exciting, Jason, and it's been doing well. It's doing, it's growing every day. I love what you guys are doing. Thank Thanks. you, man. Appreciate it, man. I really do. All right, Jason, what we do here on the second part of the show, it's called Rocket, Rocket, Fire. Rocket Fire. What we do here on Rocket Fire, sirs, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, I'll be badass. Jason, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? I'm ready. All right. ready. Here we go. Woo. All right. Question one. Do you think there are flaws to the libertarian political philosophy? 
I don't even know what the libertarian political philosophy is, honestly. I, I know what I believe. I believe in five principles. And every time I turn around, it, it, it depends on whether you're – how you define yourself, anarcho-capitalist, minarchist, uh, I don't know, constitutionalist. I think all of that kind of falls under the same banner. I think what we – I think we really – where we really have a problem is in, is fighting with each other. Uh-huh. I think if we do a little less of that and a little more uh, a little more working together and recognizing we all kind of want to go in the same direction, we get a lot more accomplished. Right on, man. Question two. Can you, Mr. Jason Stapleton, help people who are flat broke or do you need money to make money? Uh, having money makes it easier. It's not impossible to make money without money, but it is more difficult. And so I always say you got two things, time and money. And if you have, uh, if you don't have any money, then you should have a little bit of time and you've got to, you got to get out there and make that time work. And once you get a little bit money, uh, a little bit of money, you can, you can save some time by getting other people to do things that otherwise you would have to do. But yes, I can teach people how to make money with no money. That's, that is, uh, that's something that I've done uh, more than once right on man question three what do you think of people who currently serve in the military and how do you feel about them I have respect for anybody who believes that who to makes a decision to stand up and say when when our country is at risk when our liberty is threatened I I will go um, that's always been something that I believed in and it's something that that's when I joined the military that was something that's why I joined was I said I believe in liberty I believe in the freedom that the our nation was founded on right. and I want to support that and I will I will go and anybody who's willing to do that has my utmost respect. Now, I think our government does a really piss poor job of of utilizing that very scarce and very precious resource. And so I do not agree with the wars and what our government is doing with our military. But the men themselves, I have great respect for. Right on, man. Great answer. Question four. What is your opinion on Trump's push to build a wall? And why do you think so many people support it? I don't know. I, I think it's stupid. I, I think you, building a wall is, is the most expensive and ineffective way to get what you want, which is just to make sure that you've got a, a handle on who's coming in and out of the country. It would much it would seem much easier to me to reduce or change the regulation in the way that you're letting people in and, and make it easier for people who want to come here and work to do so legally and not take 10 years than to, uh, than, than to build a wall that's going to cost, uh, they're saying 25 billion, which means it's going to be a hundred billion by the time it's done and uh, that they're just going to go under or over or around. It's just, it's, it's a, you know what it is? It's, it's when, when, you know, when somebody makes a, uh, a gesture, but the gesture really has no value. And so you, it looks like you're doing something when you're really doing nothing. That's what I, that's the way I look at the wall. It's, it's them trying to do something or showing that they're doing something when really they're accomplishing nothing. Kind of like the TSA. Right. So the TSA pretends that they do security. Except when you run any sort of security test against them, you find out that 95% of the contraband that they want to get on an airplane makes it through. So they give the illusion of security. And that's what the wall is. It's an illusion of security. It's an illusion of safety that won't actually produce either. It's like living in a gated community. Yeah, well, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's stupid. Same People thing. will find a way in. That's right. There's too much. There's too much money and too too much at risk for them not to. Right on. Question five: What tips or tricks would you tell someone when they want to start investing? And in any websites, articles, books that you would suggest? 
Uh, a, I mean, that's a good question. Um, it, it, investing, you just you have to understand what it is that you're doing. So is it stock market investing? Is it futures investing? Is it options investing? There's so many different ways you can go. Um, I, I taught currency trading for many, many years, and I don't pretend to be an expert on investing per se. Uh, I've done a little bit of real estate investing. I've flipped some houses, but I wouldn't call myself an expert in real estate investing either. And so um, in, in terms of investing any piece of your money, you want to do it in industries that you understand. So if you don't understand the stock market, then what I would do is go to the bookstore and I would buy myself a dozen books on stock market investing. And then I would read all of them. This is this. People think that it's that I'm. They don't. They wonder how you learn all this information. I have a stack of books in everywhere I go. I, I read uh, probably two books a month, maybe three books a month okay. on everything, everything and anything. I, I get what I and I do it in chunking. So if I'm going to study marketing, I tend to buy six or eight books on marketing and read all of them. If I'm going to do it on investing, I do it six or eight books on investing, and that's the way I learn. And then I go out and I try and practically apply what I've learned and then make adjustments off of that. So the very first thing you should do if you want to invest in the stock market is get educated. And that means buying a lot of different courses and getting a lot of different opinions and insights and talking to a lot of different people uh, till you feel like you have a handle on the basics. And I can't tell you how many currency traders I taught who didn't understand what it what a buy stop order was or what a limit order was in, in the market. I don't know how you trade without understanding what limit orders are, mm-hmm. but they were doing it and they were losing money hand over fist. And so we kind of have to start over from the beginning. But that's that's what I would suggest. I have no direct, real book recommendations. The, one of the best books I've ever read was How Warren Buffett Invests. And I think it was, I can't remember which one. It was written by his daughter. Uh, but that was one of the better books that I read on investing because it really explained how Buffett looks at investments. And I thought it was brilliant. Right on, man. Question six. Will income inequality always exist? Isn't that a necessary result of scarcity? I hope that income equality always exists because if it doesn't, it means that we're all going to be equally poor uh, and equally destitute because in any sort of free market, you have an, an unequal distribution of wealth because some people are better at making it and better at saving it. See, a lot of us are really good at making money, um, not so good at saving it. And so we don't build any real wealth. And I, I have to tell you for your audience, if you think a large paycheck is wealth, you're wrong. Um, wealth is, if you want an idea of, of the way, the way I define wealth is this. If you stopped earning an income, if you quit your job today, how long could you survive before you had to start adjusting your lifestyle? Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever number that, whatever number of days that is or weeks or months, that's your wealth. Wealth is measured in time, not in dollars. And so in any in any sort of free market where you have the greatest amount of potential to be wealthy, you're going to have income inequality because some people aren't going to want to work hard or they're not going to have the intelligence uh, or they're not going to have the discipline to mm-hmm. become wealthy. Sure. And money will always transfer. And this, this is true whether you live in a communist or socialist uh, world or whether you live in a capitalist one. There's always wealth inequality. It's just a matter of whether or not you could actually become one of the wealthy or not. And so uh, I, I look at it and I say, if God willing, we will always have wealth inequality. Now, hopefully we have mobility, which is the more important aspect of, right. of wealth, which is how easy is it for someone who's poor to become rich? In a communist or socialist nation, it's virtually impossible. Uh, in, in a capitalist nation, one that is run on the right principles, the ones we talk about, it's relatively easy for someone to go from being poor to being upper middle class. 
Right on, man. Great answer. Question seven. What do you think of utilitarianism? That's the doctrine that actions are right if they are useful for the benefit of the majority. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I think some. I think sometimes that can be true. I think you, you know, utility is important in anything that we do. So the, the now I, I tend to be more of an objectivist in, in the way I look at things, which is what's going to produce the outcome that I, the desired outcome I want, mm-hmm. and, and I want those five principles. So I look at that and I say, well, how do I, how do I organize a society in a way that creates that outcome. And I'm not one, this is kind of interesting about my personality, the way I think, is I I don't necessarily know that libertarianism is the right way. I don't know what would happen if we tried to implement everything that we've talked about. I can, I have some idea based on my knowledge of human nature and, 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 and economics, what will happen, but I could find out as we start to move that direction, that some of that just doesn't work well. And so I always, I, in, in terms of utilitarianism, I think that if you try something and we live on a set of principles and we try it and the principles don't yield us the outcome that we want, then you know the principles are supposed to guide us to the right outcome. We, we live our lives in a certain way because we want to obtain a certain lifestyle or a certain way of living. And so if we realize our principles aren't getting us the outcomes we want, then we need change. So there's a lot of people that grow up thinking, well, you, you, a penny saved is a penny earned. And so they live like misers, just storing away wealth. Right, and, right. And, and, and so they amass, they might amass a great deal of money, but they live like paupers their entire life. And what's the use of having all this money if you never get to live a decent lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's that would be an, an example of a principle about living that doesn't really, it doesn't give you the type of life or security that you would really want. And so um, I, we may find, I've I'm, I'm been, always been open to the notion that I may not have the best way. I just think this is the best way we've ever come up with. So I'm going to continue to move down this track until I see something break. And then I will adjust as, as time goes by. Pivot and move right on. Question eight. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to approach marketing? Uh, provide just it, every single marketing message that I try and put out provides value. Uh, I, Frank Kern is one of the mentors of mine and has been for years. And one of the things he always said was, uh, Prove that you can help someone by actually helping them. Mm-hmm. And so, if you are, I, I work in the consulting space in 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 marketing and business, and I have found the most effective way. And this is true in trading too. The best way to market what I was doing was to show other people that I could do what I claimed I could do. Okay. And in so doing, I could. I, you know, I, I made a lot of money. People came to me. And so that's, that's the marketing message that I use is show people, give them your best stuff for free. Show them that you can help them and they'll give you more money than you ever thought possible. Very, very cool. Question nine. What have you learned from podcasting by doing the Jason Stapleton program? And has that changed your point of view on things? Like what things have you learned since the beginning of the show? Versus now, you've had your aha moments. What what are some of those? Well, we talked about a couple of them here, just in terms of we we've had to make some pivots and some adjustments to the show. I think to have the most effective a most effective message. I have noticed that that uh, well, what are some other really good ones that I've I've really noticed? I've noticed that more is not always better. We did the show five days a week, and we're going to cut it down to three. 
because I, I think it will, I, I think we can have a greater impact. Um, I've also noticed the the value in having more guests on because I, I ran kind of a Rush Limbaugh mm-hmm. monologue type of show for the first several years. And I've found that I really want to talk to some other people. So there, there are folks a lot smarter than me about a lot of different subjects. And I would really like to have some conversations with them. And being here in California gives me access to to a lot more people too, even celebrities. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to work on building a show where, where I can I can actually bring in some of these very successful people and talk with them about aspects of their life and also people who are doing some really interesting work and changing uh, in the private sector that are doing some things that I think they can do better than government can. So um, those are some of the things that I've learned about podcasting and that, uh, you know, just like anything else, there there are a whole lot of people in there who will complain endlessly about the free stuff that they get. Exactly. Exactly. Question time, the final question. Should we privatize the police? And if doing so, what do you think could happen? I, I would like to try it. A- again, I, I think that I think that there's probably a way to do it. Now, I don't know if the way that they proposed it and that libertarians look at it is necessarily the best way, but the only way to find out is to actually try. And one of the great things about America is that we've got 50 states, 50 incubators, uh, and, a, and a host of cities and municipalities throughout the United States where we can do pockets and tests. It's one of the things about seasteading that I find so interesting is that you can actually have all kinds of different communities. Try socialism, try communism, try free market capitalism, try anarchy, try whatever you want to. Let's see how it works and what you should come away with. And see, what most people will do is they'll look at the failures and they'll say, oh, well, see, it failed. But I want to know why it failed. Where did it fail? Because it could be that we make a couple of tweaks and we could make it work really effectively. And so I I look at it as gigantic incubators. And I would love to see in some of the cities, smaller cities and then larger cities, see them implement some of this stuff like uh, like private policing and just see see where the breakdowns happen and what sort of ideas and creative solutions people come up with to create a, a non-government solution to that uh, you know, to that very real necessity. Right on. Anyways, all that's rocket fire. Give it up for Jason Stapleton. Yeah. Yeah. Great Did I do job, okay? Did I win? You won yeah. a no prize, brother, a no all prize. Right. That's my favorite kind of prize. Yeah. Cheap libertarians. Cheap libertarians. Cheap libertarians. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thank you so much. Anyways, we're not done with you yet, sir. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. So stick around. we got more Jason Stapleton Rock and Roll. Libertarians is a children's media company for children's ages 0 through 7. Our stories teach the foundational principles that underlie libertarianism and relate them in a manner that even the youngest children can understand and enjoy. Little Libertarians was founded by attorney and libertarian activist Dory Goikman. We teach the basics of self-ownership, non-aggression, and property rights to babies, toddlers, and young kids. Use coupon code ROCKET, R-O-C-K-E-T, for 40% off of Little Libertarian products at www.littlelibertarians.com. Again, that's www.littlelibertarians.com. Yeah. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray Truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. And we're talking to the popular podcast podcaster himself, Mr. Jason Stapleton. Who kicked, hey, thank you. Who kicked ass <laughs> on the Rocket Fire questions, and he won a no prize, a very famous Johnny Rocket prize. 
And uh, anyways, oh, Jason, again, thank you so much. Ray Ray, take it away. So earlier you were talking about how you're leaning into your brand really about uh, with the it's kind of a spirit of empowerment and you're, you're offering solutions with your marketing and classes and, and things like that. What companies out there are you looking at? Are you watching with how they work with their brand? Um, is anyone knocking your socks off with their campaigns nationally? Is anyone looking, are you looking at anyone going, wow, that's a really terrible way of branding your business? Anything that you're going to comment on. Well, I won't, I won't, I won't knock anybody. Yeah, go ahead. Really knock it. This is a nice good show. You got to say no. it. That guy sucks. That uh, advertisement sucks. Come on. You don't have to. You, you could just say a popular. I follow a lot of direct response marketers because that's, that's the business that I'm in, which is a, uh, and the, and most people that's, that's the most effective way to market. And so I watch a lot of people who do things similar to me. So, uh, good or bad. And so I, I won't tell you which ones I think are good and which ones I think are bad, but you guys know I, I followed Frank Kern for a long time. He has a, he has a very unique approach to branding and marketing. Um, I follow Dean Graziosi, not because I'm at all interested in anything he sells, but because of, um, what he, the way he markets and, and, and the way he promotes the bulk of what I do is help people become better influencers. And so I follow, I follow people who have been very effective at building large networks for, and, and been very influential in their networks. So guys like, uh, Oh, like Brendan Burchard, who's got one of the biggest followings on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Brendan, it's funny because I'm, I'm writing a book right now and I use Brendan as an example is that I, I, I my brand is somewhat arrogant and, and somewhat over the top. And a lot of that is intentional. Uh, his brand is much different. His brand is very much uh, kind of like sending love signals and just inspiring. And he's very, I don't know, almost fruity with the way he talks about it. And I've, I've, <laughs> I say that, I, here's the thing. I say that I bought many courses from him. I, I buy a lot of this stuff to see what they do and how right. they do it. Um, but I, he, to me, Brendan comes off as fake. Because I don't, nobody I talk to, most of the guys I talk to are like, you know, FTW. They're, they're those kind of guys, right. like, F, you know, F my life kind of people. Right. And I really resonate with that. I like the idea that, hey, misery loves company. And I feel like that's authentic and that's real because we aren't all sitting around happy and inspirational all the time. Most of the time you're grinding. You're just working hard to try and make something happen and to provide value to other people. Mm-hmm. And so- when I look at that, I see that and I say that that just comes off phony and fake to me. But there's a massive amount of people who are inspired by what he does. And so even though I don't necessarily, that doesn't, they don't really respond well to that. There are a lot of people who do. And so I need to know about it mm-hmm. and I need to understand what he's doing and how he's doing it because there's value in there that I can teach to others. Mm-hmm. So uh, the bulk of what a consultant does is just know more about a subject than, than anybody else or than the person that you're marketing to. And so I spend a great deal of time talking with uh, or learning from guys like that. Grant Cardone is another one. Grant Cardone comes off as arrogant. And if you watch, I can't, I can't stand to watch his stuff on Instagram because he's constantly talking about where's my money and he's rolling around in his Rolls Royce. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's so over the top. It's so it's arrogant. I mean, you yeah. think you think I'm bad. Go look at what Grant Cardone does. It's just shameless. Wow. But, but here's the thing. If I need inspiration, if I am feeling down and I need a kick in the, kick in the tail, as entrepreneurs, we need that. I go and listen to one of Grant's books on tape because mm-hmm. Grant actually reads his book 
and he will motivate the crap out of you. And so you look at that and you say, okay, what, who's, he, who's he marketing? Who's he really branding to? Who's he trying to reach? Who's the guy who's interested? And there are so many people out there. Some of them will be attracted to the Brendan Bruchard. Some of them will be attracted to the, uh, you know, to the Grant Cardones of the world. They're two right. completely different people. And both of them run massive uh, eight and nine figure businesses. You know, that's $10 million to $100 million businesses. And so it, it, being yourself and knowing who you are and, and knowing the audience that you want to reach is one of the most important things to influencing other people. Right. People science. This exactly. Is exactly. I, I'm so into this. And when you understand free markets and Austrian ec, like it all kind of comes together. People science, all of it is so simple. Absolutely, yeah. And mm-hmm. you use, use the same sort of techniques that the same technique that Grant uses to shame you into uh, into wanting more out of your life is the same principle that you can use on some people to motivate them to uh, to, to 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 believe in free markets and and peace and tolerance and those things. Mm-hmm. And some of the tactics that Brendan uses will be more effective. And so it's about learning who your audience is and who you want to market to and what you're trying to get them to do. And it really is. It's the science of psychology, the science of people, and what causes us to move and take action. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, it's it's it it is it's been fascinating to me since I worked in a jail in what of 2004. Uh-huh. I started studying dangerous human behavior to basically because I wanted to know. I worked with a lot of really terrible people, like inmates, and I wanted to understand and lawyers, man, and lawyers. Yes, even, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 both sides of the glass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, the, the the thing is, is that uh, a lot of these guys, like, what is what causes a guy? To uh, to chop up his his social worker with a chainsaw. Uh, that was one of the guys that was in that I I I guarded in the jail that I was working in. And so I started studying this stuff, and I just found it fascinating the difference in the way those people who do those kinds of things think, mm-hmm. the way criminals think, and the way average Americans, average human beings think. And that really set me on a path to interesting, and 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 gave me a path an interest in this subject and it's never died. It's gone from dangerous human behavior to how do I get people to buy stuff or buy into an idea, but it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jason, really quick here. Last question before we wrap up the formal show. In persuasion and social influence, there's a concept called commitment and consistency. Uh, that argues if a person commits in a public fashion, an idea, belief, or attitude, they will be compelled to remain consistent in order to avoid looking like a hypocrite. It's someone who has had a podcast or publicly committed to certain ideas, how do you reconcile your desire to remain consistent with your recognition with what you thought then? Is it necessarily the same thing now? Are you saying that I'm being inconsistent in some way in my belief? No, I'm saying that we all change. I mean, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, okay. so like, let's just say four years ago when I started the show or the launch pad back in the day, I am not the same libertarian that I was than I am now. I have learned quite a bit in the last four years where I've almost, I'm completely different in a lot of regards, Mm -hmm. but still holding on to that image because see, people will still reference me and say, oh, Johnny Rockets, a minarchist. Well, I'm not necessarily a minarchist anymore, or I'm a, I'm a milk toast libertarian, which I'm not. But people who knew me four years ago when I first started the show, how do you still, you know, with this commitment and consistency issue, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you yeah. have to change. People change and evolve. Well, you hope you you hope that you hope you do. Otherwise, you might as well be dead. Exactly. 
But your your issue of commitment and consistency exists not only in public, but also in private. We have a natural desire if we make a commitment privately to ourselves and, and we have it, we hold a belief. Uh, it's it's almost we will act in ways that require us to ma- maintain consistency with that belief, even if it's not publicly known. Uh, now, if you declare it to someone else, it becomes stronger. But this happens subconsciously as well mm-hmm. as as well as outwardly. And so, um, the way I've always tried, I, I give well. One of the ways I do it is by being open and honest enough with myself to say, "I know I don't know everything." I give myself permission to modify and adjust as new information comes in. And so, one of the things. I'll do is I like when we change the show up, right. I just flat out said, I came on and I said, look, this is what I thought early on. And as I've, I've got new information over the last several years and I've realized, look, I'm not having the effect that I want to have. And if I don't make a change and try something different, uh, I, I, I stand to, I stand to be ineffective for years and I don't want that. Now I recognize that the change I'm making may not yield me the result I want either, but we're going to adjust off of that if we need to. And so part of it is being the, the hardest part is the more convicted you become and you say, well, this is the only way to do it. And this is what you see a lot of liber- the, the way a lot of libertarians react is that they take this hardline approach because they read a book that said it. And it's like the one book that they've read or the two books that they've read in the last two years right. on, on the subject. And so now their frame of reference is, well, this is the right way because I like Bob Murphy and Bob Murphy said we can handle it this way. And so uh, go read Bob Murphy's book. I, I and, do, and I so do like Bob Murphy, though. I love Bob Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bagging on him at all. I love Bob. Right. But the problem is, is that people who are not as smart as Bob read Bob's book and they get fixed in an idea. Right. When really what, what Bob is doing is, is he's laying out a scenario. He's laying out, hey, here's a way that we could make it work. Right. Don't know if it would work that way. But hey, this is I love the fact that that he's put those words to paper. Uh, the problem that happens in in libertarians with libertarians and really all people is that we get fixed in this idea that this is the only way it can be done. And anybody who says otherwise is clearly not a real libertarian or clearly doesn't know as much as I do because they haven't read the book I read. Right. Right. One of the one That's of the best true. solutions I've ever heard from people when they're explaining things to me, and, and when a hardcore ANCAPs, a lot of people would explain it because everybody wants an answer. Well, what? How do you explain this? How do you fix this? How do you prevent this? Of course, all the world's problems must be ended in this ideology. And uh, I had a friend that said, uh, I can think of these ideas, but there are people far smarter and more qualified and more capable and creative that will come up with way better ideas than what we have now. I mean, we free the market. These things are going to provide themselves. And once you start having faith in human nature, human action, and, and the spirit of innovation, you really realize you don't know and it's okay. You don't. Well, and I've talked about it yeah. about the military. I've, I've said, uh, the people say, well, I, I'm, I said, I don't, the one thing, I think you can fund most things through through a user fee. Uh, but I said, there's some things like the military, I don't really understand how you fund it without taxation. And of course, everybody says, wow, you could have a lottery, you could have this or that. And yeah, possibly if we cut our military down to being a defensive a defensive force, we would cut, you know, 70% of the budget we would have uh, gone. And so, yeah, then it might become feasible to do it that way, or it might not. So I look at that and I say, ah, maybe that's a solution, but I'm not ready to say, oh yeah, that's the way it can be done. Uh, but I, I think, as we said before, we, we got to test some of this stuff and we got to be open enough to say, okay, yeah, you go do that. Uh, go, go start that and try that and let's see how that works and see if we can't come up with a more effective way. The problem is 
that people get locked in this. They, they become so fixed in what they believe that they shut their mind off to alternatives that may be more effective. And that's one of the reasons why you know, people start talking about taking half measures. Oh, well, you know, you're not, you're not getting everything you want. And so it's not really going to have the change. And, you know, you're sacrificing your principles. And it's like, no, man, I'm, I'm taking a half a step in the right direction. And I, I would prefer to take a, a, a mile, but all I can get here is an inch. So I'm willing to take the inch and try the inch and, and it will move us towards the mile. And, and there are a lot of people who just aren't, aren't willing to accept that. Okay, Raylene, prepare for landing. Roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Jason Stapleton, please give us your .com, sir. (laughs) You go to jasonstapleton.com if you're interested in marketing and uh, that type of stuff, influence. And you can go to jasonstapletonprogram.com if you want to uh, listen to the show. Jason, again, thank you very much for being here on the show. It was an absolute honor. And if you want to hear more Jason Stapleton, please visit us at supportblastoff.com. Again, that's supportblastoff.com. And if you guys want a direct link to the show, please visit us at blastoffshow.com. Anyways, though, this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas. I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Hello. Thank you very much. And we want to wish you all a very happy holidays and a happy new year from Blastoff and Launchpad Media. Rock and roll. 